Try new things, they say. Put yourself out there, they say. I think that's what they say when you've just broken up with somebody and and they, you realize you guys still got your whole life ahead of you, but you're still pining for whoever that is. Yeah, I'm talking about cigars. I don't know what you're talking about. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy. Uh, uh, fingers, do you want to talk about Love Lost? What if you don't have your whole life ahead of you? Wow. <laughs> you know what you are? You are the glass half full, my friend. <laughs> That's what you are. Tried something new because I saw it in a local shop here in the Indianapolis, Indiana area, and I said, yeah, that's pretty. It's the P.O. Resurrection, P.O.Cigars.com, P.I.O., P.O.Cigars.com. This is a San Andreas Maduro, and that wrapper just feels absolutely terrific. It is Dominican in the filler, but weirdly, as, as it's described, undisclosed in the binder. I don't even quite understand grab the box press here which is a six by 52 toro which means it's six inches long t always makes fingers Malloy laugh and 52 is the ring gauge that's the diameter of the cigar basically how thick around the cigar is <laughs> again with the laughter a 64 ring gauge would be a full one inch around now this is a box press which means it's squared off the history of the box press, some people will say that's because they wanted to be able to fit more cigars in the box. Some people will tell you that it was the rollers in Cuba rolling outdoors and they didn't want their cigars to roll away in those winds, so they would press them down, squaring them off so they didn't roll. It's a little more romantic than how many cigars you could fit in the box. So that's what I'm going with. Fingers Malloy, you've never had the cigar, have you? No, I have not. Never heard of it. Right. And you have lit it up. You have just started smoking where are you at right off that puff? Well, first of all, it feels really good in the hand, right? It's got some nice heft to it. The wrapper, there's a good touch of oil, a dark chocolate brown. Uh, for me, chocolate right away. Um, and I got to tell you, I the draw is, it's very easy. It's a very easy Too easy? Draw. Wait, oh, are you, you're going to say too easy, I, aren't you? I, I almost said too easy. I'm interested to see if you have the same... Uh, thoughts on it as I do. Oh, that is that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Wow, that's that's like sucking through a straw. Yeah, right there. That's crazy. Yeah, that was that was a super easy draw. And I have the most shallow cut. Yeah, in the world. We did this as a straight cut and really did it uh, shallow in there. It does feel right in the hand. Just the right level construction and balance. That wrapper has a little bit of the of the veining. See the leaf in it. But the color is beautiful. A dark chocolate, a bit of muddled black going on in there. Maybe even a touch of red here and there. Feels great. And that uh, San Andreas is going to give you that little bit of sweetness. So when you talk about that chocolate, uh-huh. hit right off the front. That, that's, that's not your imagination running wild. That's exactly what you're getting. No, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's one of these cigars that I, I feel like, and listen, we're just in the first third. But, man, this screams golf course cigar to me. Does it? Yeah, it really does. You, you, you always want, in my mind, to you know, lean towards a box press so you can set it down and not have it roll all over the place when you're going to take your shot. Uh, I, I guess I should say I'm thinking this is a golf course cigar until we get to the price point. But uh, that chocolate, it's it's there's a little bit, slight bit of pepper, but really not much, Tony. It's just really nice. Yeah, I'm picking up tiny bits here and there. Now, now my problem, fingers, is that I walked in here today in a mood. Oh? I could... Oh, you saw me. 
I, I, I walked in saying, you know what? I, I could cut a you know what? I could, I could do it. A and cigar? Then I, and then I, <laughs> if that's what we want to call them. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm like, you know what? I'm hungry. So I ordered the charcuterie and I've got uh, a bit of the, of, 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 of the sausage, a bit of the hard salami here. I've got a wonderful bit of, of brie going on and a little bit of blue. My palate is freaking all over the place. <laughs> And this is why you want to write it down, people. What did you eat today? What did you drink today? All of that changes a cigar. I, 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 I was just in a, in a mood. You saw me uh-huh. in a bunk. I'm going to have a bite of this. I'm going to have a bite of that. I'm going to get set up. I'm going to breathe. It's all going to be okay. And the palate's a little bit <coughs> messed up. It's the best way to describe it. Would you describe yourself at the time as being hangry? No, no, no. It was not hangry. It was pure raw uh, rage. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> It, that's not my style. It's not, but but uh, it just it was just one of those days, and it's gone now because you're in the lounge. You're grabbing a cigar. Everything else kind of fades away. Focus on, on, on this right here. But there's no doubt. You write down what you ate and what you drank because those things do have a serious effect on your palate, on your metabolism, and how you're going to engage that smoke. So I feel I've got a little bit to go to get my palate back into a place where I'm really understanding what the cigar has to offer. Well, you're definitely having more high-end stuff than I had today. Oh, you want to play? Are we going to play? We can play briefly. It's time to play America's favorite game. What did Fingers eat today? Here's how we play our game. Fingers Malloy tells us what he ate today. We then ask the age-old question, Fingers Malloy, how are you still alive? Fingers Malloy, what did you eat today? Well, I am, as you know, Tony, low-carb now. Is that right? Oh, yes. Is that is this the week for it? Yes, it's the week for it. Uh, One week got, on, three weeks off. After I uh, you know, got here the, the other day with you and ate an entire loaf of bread with the meat and cheese plate. I was like, okay, it's over. Can't do that anymore. So uh, this morning, it's the only thing I've had. I went to McDonald's, and I ordered two sausage McMuffin with eggs minus the McMuffin. So it had they, they put it in their big breakfast platter, plastic platter, and it was just the egg, the sausage, and that melted cheese-like substance that they put on the egg McMuffin and the sausage McMuffin. Add two of those and a pot of coffee. And that's all you've had <laughs> that's today? That's all I've had today. But I highly recommend, instead of, you could buy uh, eggs uh, at McDonald's that are a la carte and it's more of the scrambled egg. No, order the egg McMuffin egg right. with the cheese and the ham or the sauce. And then you can use it as, as the bun itself. Yes. So we'll ask the question, Fingers Malloy, how are you still alive? I ran a 4K today. I feel fantastic. You ran to watch a 4K TV? Exactly. That's what we thought. Now, Fingers Malloy, this PO resurrection, I will admit, it, the light was easy. The draw is actually too easy. I'm going to give it a little while and see if it just... It's got to be proper. The draw is just so so fast. It's it's almost problematic. Uh, but everything it's it's not burning. Strangely, it's burning nope. absolutely perfect. Fingers Malloy, is this in your humidor? The PO PIO PO Resurrection Box Press Limited Edition in your humidor for thirteen to fifteen dollars a stick. Well. It's early. I'm leaning towards a, a yes, just because it again. It's a nice box press. It so far has been very low maintenance. It's an easy draw. Uh, I, I think it's a good golf course cigar. Yeah. First of all, I'm I'm willing to give this cigar some time. First time ever having it. Anything from popocigars.com. Uh, so far, I think construction wise, it just feels absolutely perfect and looks great. 
I want to see where this is into the second third to kind of get an understanding of what flavor profile it's really going to bring me in. Is it going to change at all? Um, and also the recognition that I screwed it up. What I ate before the cigar was, was an overpowering thing, and I need to give my palate a moment. Now, that moment may never come for this cigar, so I'm going to have to have it again. Guys, you live, you learn, you try new things. Maybe you need an Egg McMuffin sorbet. You know what you are? You are the Wolfgang Puck of our generation. <laughs> That's what you are. You are the Yan Can Cook of our generation. Wow. How's that for a poll? Outstanding. It's the end of the world as we know it because there's now powdered beer. And that's just wrong. And it comes from the Germans. There's so many jokes. Ah! There are so many jokes. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the high road, Tony. I'm going to take the high road. You, the delay. Everyone for a second <laughs> thought their radio was broken. Oh, that was so terrific. <laughs> the, the amount of self-censorship that went through. Huge. <laughs> Huge. Dietrich Smoke, I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite powdered beer amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy. This is no joke. Uh, the Klosterbrau uh, Brewery, they've been in business for almost 500 years. They invented a powder which can make beer in the same way a person would make instant coffee or a protein shake. Couple spoons of powder into a glass, add water, give it a stir, boop, done. Mmm, flat beer. Now that's a problem, right? It would it would be flat beer. So so are you doing it just for the alcohol content? You like the beer is about the experience of, of, of how it all comes together. Because some people do like a flatter beer. Some people don't like a, a cold beer. Certainly that's a, a conversation culturally. Yeah. But people have, have individual tastes. But I, I guess they're saying that maybe you'll, you'll have a little bit of bubbling up when you, when you stir it. Uh, this particular product is non-alcoholic. The, the first powdered beer from them that's coming out. But they're expecting in the next few months that they will have an alcohol uh, version of this. And, and what... What's really weird about this is it seems like the push for them to do this is they're concerned about shipping. It's so much easier to ship beer in powdered form than it is in bottled. And so they're, they're talking about shipping costs and the effect of uh, beer shipment on, on the climate and things like that uh, as far as climate change. Uh, for me, Wait, this is a conversation for them that's environmental not yes. about packaging because of high costs and, and supply issues? Yes, there's, there's some wow. of that involved in the conversation. But to me, this, if this were to come about, it's pure shtick, right? I mean, if, if this hits the United States market, I, I think it's one of those things that, you know, Americans may be like, uh, for, for a little while, this would be great to have, uh, I, but it's not something that people are going to want to have Kool-Aid type beer, right? Powdered beer is a solution in search of anybody who would care. And no. The only way I could see this working is if you're camping. Uh -huh. You're camping and you don't want to bring all of it with you, so you bring this with you, you throw it into your water bottle, you have a couple of swigs. But then again, that's not the experience that I'm looking for. The shtick of it is you do it once. 
that it would be your regular thing. I mean, it's got to have the flavor. And if it's not the carbonation, I'm sorry. I'm a bit lost as to flat. You, you've had many a flat beer in your yeah, day. Fingers yes. It has happened in my life. Right. And you're like, this is not good. It's better than no beer. But still, so is that the, is that the market they're playing <laughs> yeah, in? I guess it could be worse. That's their that's their marketing campaign. <laughs> I would be curious though, as far as how effective it would be to use this product when you're cooking. If if you're say baking, you know, the beer bread is very popular. I I wonder if this will be something that will be useful if you're oh, gonna Oh no way. I would assume that part of what beer bread offers or, or the reason that it works is the bit of carbonation that you're adding in there, the little bit of air to get to get the fluffiness. Remember, this isn't cooking, this is baking. This is all science. Yeah. Right? Baking is that's the problem. If you will, you can't screw around with baking. You need perfect recipes and perfect measurements. Otherwise, you get perfect crap. Baking <laughs> is science. Cooking is art. And so they're very, very different uh, things. So, no, I don't think you can utilize this in that. That's my take. I don't think you can utilize this in that. Well, we'll find out. You'll find out. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing that. I am going to be reheating cold coffee, which uh-huh. happens in my house all the time. Uh huh. So what's and the best so, way? According to the people here at tastingtable.com, you do not reheat coffee in the microwave. This is accurate. Fingers, fingers. Yes. It's time for you to be a grown up. Oh, you haven't even asked how I reheat my coffee. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I'm, this is going to be a painful answer. How, fingers will I, do you reheat your coffee? I pour the coffee into a mug. Then I find a three wick Yankee candle. And I hold the mug over the Yankee candle, which is a vanilla candle. And that vanilla infuses into the coffee. I, of course, it takes me two hours, but that coffee's delicious. And I you, put it in the microwave. You are the, the, the worst. The answer is low and slow on the stove. Mm. The difference in the coffee is unbelievable. It is, there is a clear taste difference between a microwave reheat and a stove reheat. Well, I just turn my coffee pot back on, and it it warms the carafe back up. That's low and slow, isn't it? Um, no, it's 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 not because that's just to keep what's already there still warm. Mm-hmm. That's not a reheating tool. This is not a it's not a hot plate. You're not in college. You actually own a house that has an oven, go or and a stove. Go use it. No, it, it actually does reheat the coffee quite well. In fact, I also use it to make mac and cheese with. You're just the worst kind of person. <laughs> but it is true. Um, the, the, the microwave stuff just doesn't fly. All I know is I get yelled at when I make too much coffee, but I always make too much coffee. We don't, we don't use the K-cups in my house. We make pots of coffee. I've talked about this. I have the Technovorm coffee pot from Mocha Master. The thing is brilliant. Okay. It's spectacular. I would love if they were a sponsor of the show. It's so good. Now, does it have a, like a stainless steel carafe and no burner at the bottom that keeps things stainless warm? Stainless steel carafe, no burner at the bottom. And oddly enough, it's, it's a weird machine because it actually feels flimsy. Mm. But the heating temperature and how it soaks the grounds, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect every single time. And so I always make extra. And so we've got like, like you know, the, the Chinese food containers, like where you get soup in filled with coffee in, in a whole you know shelf of the refrigerator but the only way to reheat it is the oven 
So I have a Kenmore coffee maker. Uh, it's, it's from somebody. Somebody went to Sears in 1984. I don't want to brag or anything, uh, but I've got a Kenmore coffee maker. It's half the size of our dryer. Uh, it sits on the <laughs> counter, and uh, I look. I just turn the burner on when I, I I'll make a pot. I'll drink half of it, and then I'll revisit it maybe six or seven hours later. So the the question really needs to be asked, Tony, is how old. Will uh, what's the limit as far as how old coffee could be before you pitch it and just make it hot? Twenty four hours. Twenty four hours, and then it's going to either feed plants or go down the drain. And anybody who says otherwise is crazy. The only thing you can do with it at that moment make ice cubes. If you're somebody who does ice coffee, mm-hmm. coffee ice cubes, because that way when they melt, it's melting coffee. Ah, as yeah. opposed to watering down your iced coffee. That makes a lot of sense. Do you re? Uh, cycle the the coffee grounds for anything you You can like like some people do compost out of it some people add it to their their plants um uh i I, i'm terrible and i throw them away i put them in my azaleas you hold on i have a beautiful garden you couldn't pick out an azalea if your life depended on it pick out pick out an azalea or or we shoot you you're getting shot it doesn't matter if you're listening to Eat, Drink, Smoke on a local radio station near you or you're checking out the podcast over at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com or your favorite podcast platform. If you have questions, we're going to answer them. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Fingers Malloy. He is Tony Katz. Like I said, find everything Eat, Drink, Smoke over at our website, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Tony, we got a question from Marty. Marty? Marty. He owes me money. Does he owe you money? Well, maybe. He didn't mention that in the question. Well, of course not. He owes me money. But Marty asks, first of all, he says, I love the show. (laughs) Oh, Marty's a genius. (laughs) He's probably buttering you up because he knows he owes you money. That's right. Uh, Do you have a show that the public can watch when and where? Thanks. So... We have been building out and working on building out the video end of Eat, Drink, Smoke for a while now. And part of the the slowdown is that I have not been happy with anything in terms of how it looks. So much so that I have started today the finalization on the preparations to build my own studio. Thank you. Thank you very much. The Eat, Drink, Smoke studios, it's, it's look, we love the work we do at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis. But it's harder to do the video work here. And one of the reasons it's hard is that you got to set up and tear down every single time that you're here. You just can't leave it set up. It's a, it's a working business. So it gets difficult. So building out our own studio space so the show itself will have live stream opportunities. But we are here in Indianapolis at Blend Bar Cigar. You can find them in uh, the Woodlands, the Houston area. You can find them in Pittsburgh, blendbarcigar.com. We are going to be doing live shows once a month. Oh. We are bringing in the studio audience. Everyone's going to get something to drink. Everyone's going to get a cigar. We're going to have a really good time. Now, we plan on announcing this, like like going public, saying, hey, here's our schedule. That's going to take place sometime in, in late April. And then uh, I, I, I really want to get going by March, but there's only so much you can do. So I'm saying the end of second quarter. Which So the beginning of June, that's when these are most probably going to start with regularity. They're going to be at least once a month. I would love to do it twice a month. Live studio audience and, and really kind of 
bring it in. Conversations will get a little more maybe heated. Conversations will be bringing in some guests and, and share some talk, some more intense cigar talk in terms of people who really know what they're talking about, not schmucks like Fingers and myself. <laughs> um, and, and, and just have an absolute ball with it with you because uh, the truth is we love the people of Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation. We're thrilled that people are so supportive of what it is that we're doing. And we've kind of, we're kind of hitting our stride with with everything, with the podcast and how many people are now downloading, with the radio and how that's growing. This is the next step. And some people, you know, they start from the beginning. They have a much better understanding of digital maybe than we do. It's taken us a little while, but we feel that we're there. So this is all good stuff. So soon there will be a schedule of events, and we will be uh, doing the show here in Indianapolis live, and you'll be able to live stream it, or you'll be able to come join us from time to time. And as always, if you want to bring us out and do live shows from where you are, we're totally in. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to adding a live audience once a month just because, you know, we, we've done it before when it comes to book signings and we've had a crowd in front of us and it's, it's nice to be able, uh, you know, we're joking around to, to get some feedback and, and some laughter from the audience and, and that's really nice. So for people outside of Indianapolis and central Indiana, uh, you're saying that there's a plan long term to where we may be doing some, you know, live streams where we're say if you're listening in Portland or you're listening in Houston, uh, you'll have the opportunity to see things. Live, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll have it announced. You'll have it understood uh, where you can watch it. All all of the things we will have all of that for you. So we'll have the schedule of events. And uh, if you want to plan to come on out, uh, plan to come on out. Just just let us know. And we'll, uh, we'll do what we can to accommodate if you're coming from outside the Indianapolis area. Ha- happy to. Happy to. So thank you, Marty, for the call. Um, uh, don't forget to uh, pay me what you owe me. Um, how dare you? And that's, and that's that. That's that. That's all I've got. Well, the Federal Trade Commission, Tony, we're going to switch gears a little bit. FTC? That's what the kids call it. Ah. They're proposing a new rule that would prevent customers uh, from having to jump through hoops to end their subscriptions on their smart TVs. They're going to add what they want to add, what's called a click-to-cancel rule. So so if you say you are uh, subscribed to, I don't know, Paramount Plus or something right. like that, uh, you would be able to just cancel your subscription right through your television instead of having to jump through. Well, hoops. how hard is it right now? I know they make it a little more difficult, but I thought that we had gone through enough of that where it's like, okay, it's like when you get an email blast, click here to unsubscribe, and, and you just click it, and, and you're done. Yeah. And then there are the people who still think they should be able to send me emails and not give me this option. So then I send them an email, and I say, please stop, and they write me back, oh, I thought you cared. Well, apparently, customers have been complaining, you know, especially, you know, it's funny, on, on a side note, this particular piece at Fox Business talks about trying to cancel a gym membership. Have you ever tried to cancel a gym membership before? Look at me. <laughs> I'm still a lifetime member of Gold's. <laughs> so I had a gym membership uh, at a, a local gym here in Indianapolis. I won't mention their name. I, I won't mention their name. I'm not going to mention their name. So I went in and I said, listen, I have what not been. What was that? <laughs> I thought about mentioning the name. I was like, <laughs> no, that's not a good idea. So I went into the, the joint and I said, uh, listen. Does it rhyme with PA fitness? <laughs> so close. 
So I, I walk in to the fine gentleman sitting behind the desk. I said, listen, I have not been here uh, since the Clinton administration. I think it's time for me to cancel my membership. And he said, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Uh, the, the, the person who handles cancellations is only here on Tuesday. And I looked that did at not him. happen. Yeah, and here's what was even better. Someone walked in right behind me as I stood there in stunned silence at the desk. And they said uh, to this gentleman, I, I would like to sign up for a gym membership. And he said, oh, yeah, right over here. Jim, come over here. We got a new member signing up. And I said, oh, Jim can sign new people up, but he can't cancel my membership. And the, person, and the guy said, Tuesday. <laughs> so... I had to I had to go back on two different occasions before I could finally get my gym membership canceled. So wait, did you go back on a Tuesday and they wouldn't cancel you? Yes. Jim was out to lunch. <laughs> or Fred or whoever it was. Frank. We'll say Frank. Frank was out to lunch. So I had to come back a third time before I could get my gym membership canceled. I, I took my dad. My dad had a gym membership. Fingers Moy Sr., 84 years old. I said, Dad, he, he signed up uh, at another local fitness place. You, you could say uh, it, it, it's around the entire planet, this fitness place. Uh, and so he went in and they oh, were taking... Oh, we're getting sued so bad. No, no, no. I'm going to compliment them. Oh. Went in with him. I thought, okay, Dad, let me handle this because I had my experience at the gym. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to get this taken care of. I said, listen... Look at this older gentleman, this seasoned citizen, this this veteran. Seasoned citizen? Seasoned citizen. This, this, this veteran served in the United States Army. You have been taking money out of his account every month. He wants to end the madness. He's, he, he's been a member here for 10 years. This is the second time he stepped foot in here. The first time when he signed up, now he wants to cancel. You know what the, the, the lady said? No problem, sir. We'll take care of that right now. That's the kind of service that I want especially but then again maybe it was because I brought in Fingers Molloy Sr. a seasoned citizen so you want to make it easier to be a quitter yes right God bless America I understand um I I don't know if I like the idea of government getting involved in this mm -hmm. I don't I, I don't see why that is it um I think you create enough pressure on a company and they'll make the changes. As far as I'm concerned, make it easy for people. Make it easy for them. It's easier for them to want to come back. Well, that was easy. You know? And then are you allowed to say, hey, I want to quit? And can they say, all right, we'll cancel you. Or you could sign up for this and only be half price. Can they do that? Or is I'm, that against the, the rules? Uh, well, I mean, these are just proposed rule changes. So maybe they're still hashing some of this out. That is nice, though, especially when you go to, say, a cable company and say, I'm canceling. And they say, well, wait a minute. Why don't you pay 40% of what you're paying now? That's oh. nice. We're about to find out if that's true of the internet side. Oh, really? Oh. Oh, my my uh, two-year thing is up. That price is stupid. <laughs> this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Our new book, Let's Go Bourbon, the bourbon reader you've always needed, is now available on Amazon.com and our website, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Pick up a copy today. I do love a good rye. Don't get me wrong, bourbon makes me happy. Makes me smile. The oak, the caramel, the vanilla, or whatever it is the blender was looking for, that distiller was trying to, to, to get happening. But over there at Stellum, and we've reviewed their products before, they're doing a rye that is sourced 
from undisclosed distilleries. It's like the X Files of Rye Fingers Malloy. Oh, you know what? I, I was gonna hum the X Files theme and I forgot it. Do 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 do. That's, that's right. That's it. I'm the Michael Winslow of my generation. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, Stellum, S-T-E-L-L-U-M, Stellum Rye. It is a blend of straight rye whiskeys coming in, Fingers Malloy, at 116.2 proof. Anything over 100 proof, getting a round of applause from Fingers Malloy. Now, a rye is, well, 51% rye. Like a bourbon is 51% corn. There's the the real fundamental difference. Now, bourbon has many more rules to it, according to the U.S. federal government, than rye does. But it's still the same thing. You're going to be aging that thing for a couple of years, and you're going to want to have it aged for a certain number of years because you can call it straight rye. If you want to call it straight rye, it has to be aged for a certain amount of time. It's going to be still in those charred oak barrels, and they're going to add water to it to possibly bring down the proof. In this case, nobody thought to bring down the proof. (laughs) Why bother? Why would you ever change a perfection? Now, this is actually, Fingers Malloy, a pretty light one. Yeah. In terms of the color of this thing, it's actually a honey. It's it's lighter than some other ryes that we've played with before. It is, but it is definitely sticking to the glass when you swirl it around the Glencairn, Glen Ross glass. It's not a Glencairn, Glen Ross. A Glencairn glass is that oddly shaped glass with the foot on it, and it bows out and it comes back in. It's really to concentrate the nose, kind of get an idea of what this is in the light. Really put your nose in there and, and, and get it. And that nose... That nose is fine. I don't think that nose is too strong. I think that nose is easy going. You know, it's on the nose... It does hit you. I was about to say it does. I just like it shoots right out my nose. Yeah, there is. When it hits you on the nose, it's it's not an ethanol alcohol note. It's a real high spice note to me. It's like you you get your nose in there, and if you do what you just did and take a little bit too much in, it it may make it cough a little. It did. It, It hit me right there. Um, you're saying it's not an ethanol. Ethanol meaning that alcohol kind of of, of nose. I'm not hundred percent I'm not hundred percent sure if I agree with that, but but you're right about the spice, so I'll go along with it. It's 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 not an overpowering, it's not an insulting nose, it's not a oh my gosh, I can't drink that nose. No. It's a bit inviting, but yes, you get a little too much in there, it uh, stings the nostrils. Yeah, and I can't tell there, to me there's a little bit of citrus, a little bit of apple to it as well. And there's a sweetness that I can't quite put my finger on. Well, I think the only thing left to do is drink this, Fingers Malloy. The Stellum Rye at 116.2 proof. It is a blend of uh, rye whiskeys from Indiana, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Fingers Malloy, you ready for this? Tony, I've been ready for this all day. We start it off neat, taking a sip. He'll do what's known as the Kentucky Chew, moving it around the palate, trying to get a sense of what's happening. I often like to talk about taking two sips. The first one kind of set the taste buds proper with whatever sting is coming from the alcohol, and then the second one to really get an idea of where those flavors are. My goodness. What happened to you? First of all, there's an intense sting on the tongue, but really no burn going down. I wasn't joking, at least uh, on my end, about the apple. I got hit with a punch of apple right away in the face. Not in a bad way. 
And then after that, there was some citrus and that that rye spice. Uh, wow, I can't get over just how much apple there is in this for me. I'm very curious to see how it works for you. Well, I'm going in for the Stellum Rye, S-T-E-L-L-U-M, Stellum Rye right there. And then they do, uh, they've got a barrel, single barrel bourbon and, and a whole host of things. This is the rye. I'm ready to go, Fingers Boy. Here I go. I'm in. I'm in. He's going in, in, ladies and gentlemen. He's taking a sip. He's doing the Kentucky Chew. Ah, yeah. The Kentucky Chew. Saginaw Swish. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's freaking delicious. (laughs) Oh. Oh, no sting on the tongue for me. Wow. A touch of warming. Center left chest. Oh, my gosh. Is that... Is that sweet? It's it's desserty. Then it does. There's absolutely an apple there. It finishes off like a like a, a smoother piece of big red gum with that with that cinnamon. It's 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 richer. Oh, 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 oh hold on a second. I'm not done. Oh, 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 oh hold on. Wait. He's going in for seconds, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing the Louisville lip. And he's in, and he's he's staring at the glass. Doing the Ann Arbor, ah. <laughs> I got to tell you, Tony, it really lingers on the palate. I, that, that doesn't go away in, in 20 seconds, and it's a, it's a good lingering. It's, it's very nice. We have had some very, very good juice over the last month or so, and I have found some things that I'm really attracted to, bottles that I purchased. Right now, this is top. Four of the year. I can see that. Holy mackerel. Now, what's what's fascinating is you're talking about the rye spice, right? People, it, It's known for that. It is so wonderfully mixing with some of that fruit, with a little bit of that, that, uh, that something cream that, that's going on. It's almost, it's almost like that big red gum thing has become like a cinnamon, uh, cinnamon uh, cream, uh, like, like a, like one of those, like we would get a cake, like a cinnamon cake, a coffee mm. cake. It's got yeah. the ribbons of cinnamon. Oh, all day, every day. Don't think of it as a bourbon. It doesn't have any of that oaky. No, 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 no. no. That, that's not what you're playing with here. But good. What's interesting to me, Tony, is you're not usually one for whether it's a sweet bourbon. You're, you usually like more of the oak notes. Uh, this is a sweeter rye than what I was expecting, and yet... It's it's hitting all the right notes for you. Yeah, it's 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 dumb. I may find that it becomes oversweet over time, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that I'm going to check. That's the only thing that would have me asking uh, a, a question here. That it's 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 missing, if if you will, some of those rye staples that I love. But it's a delicious drink. The question, fingers Malloy, is it in your liquor cabinet? At $55 a bottle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even a question. Now, I, I want to make sure that I'm looking at uh, the, the, the right price. No, you've I'm, got the right price. I do? $54.99. If you go on their website, they even say the suggested retail price is $54.99. So you are, you are all over it. And listen, you, 
Usually I like to stay, uh, you know, under $40 a bottle, but we have to readjust our criteria now in this inflationary cycle. $55, this is well worth $55 yeah. a bottle. Uh, Drizzly has it at $59.84. Okay. So, yes, that that's what it is. Stellum, S-T-E-L-L-U-M. I will admit, awful bottle. It's that it's like a wine <laughs> kind of bottle. Yeah. It's a simple label. It, 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 awful. Uh, sorry. Sorry, guys. But the juice inside... Fun. That's fun, Fingers. We're going to turn this day right around. Now, Fingers, it's obvious that on the eat side of Eat, Drink, Smoke, we don't get too gourmet, although that is going to change. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that is America's favorite amateur drinker and fast food connoisseur, Fingers Malloy. I completely disagree with your premise. What? I disagree with you. We've we've done uh, everything from Halloween candy uh, Valentine's Day candy. We reviewed uh, food from Popeye's Chicken, uh, Burger King. Some of the top gourmet food outlets in America, we've tackled them right here on Eat, Drink, Smoke. More recipes to bring, much more content to provide. But there's a list, and if you know us, you know we love a good list. This is the list of the 11 most unique sides in every fast food restaurant. Sides are regional. What yeah. people decide to have with their food, with their ma- with their mains, as they would say in the South, is a completely regional thing. It, it, you you will see things that exist on the West Coast, for example, that really aren't East Coast or Midwest staples. Like, for example, fried zucchini at Carl's Jr., which is also known as Hardee's, on the East Side of the Mississippi. I like fried zucchini. I'm never ordering it with a burger. It's savagery. Can we stop? What is the flavor? Pro- is fried zucchini? Is it sweet? Is it is it vegetable-y? What it is, it's very bready on the outside yeah. and then just improperly soggy on the inside, uh, like you've just done something wrong and went to prison. <laughs> yeah. That's fried zucchini. It doesn't matter where you are. In the end, it just doesn't work. And I love, conceptually, I love it. I, I You know what I have really grown to like as far as an appetizer is fried pickles. Oh! <gasps> Oh yes. So I, I wonder. Oh I, yes. I wonder if you if you're doing fried zucchini, why not do fried pickles instead? Oddly enough, a fried pickle will harden up, will 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 have a better consistency than fried zucchini. And you would think like, well, it's the same, but it's not because the pickling it's got all the spices and everything else in there. It's prepared for whatever the fryer brings at it. Mm. In the end, fried zucchini is just this weird squishy mess in the middle. And zucchini, isn't that way too healthy for a fast food restaurant? I mean, sure, you're frying it, but I don't know. Zucchini, it sounds very uh, health food store. Very hoity-toity? Yes. Kale is next. A little bit. A&W has cheese curds, right? But you, uh, growing up in New Jersey, never saw a cheese curd. I didn't know what a cheese curd was until I visited Wisconsin. Yeah, and if you go to Culver's, here in you based know, out of Wisconsin, yeah, it's based out of Wisconsin. They've got excellent cheese curds, uh, you know, so much better. I would argue than mozzarella sticks. The curd, Tony, the cheese curd breaded deep fried with some marinara, magnificent. Until you said it, I never put the two together. That the mozzarella stick is nothing more than a cheese curd, and now my world is blown. <laughs> now my world is blown. There is actually something I learned. Um, it might be dirty. And I didn't know it was dirty until l- literally today. 
I had no idea. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to talk about it, Fingers for Loy. Mm-hmm. You're going to decide whether or not we have an FCC violation. Okay, go ahead. There is a story about some radio host. I think it's an ESPN host who got suspended for insulting an ESPN on-air reporter. Do you know the story? I read a headline, which in 2023, that's all you need to know, right? You just read the headline to get your news. In terms of the context of the story, you know, Fingers and I are both in radio. I host a a morning show in Indianapolis, the largest in the state of Indiana. I host a syndicated midday show. Fingers Malloy has a show weekends in, in, in Michigan. We understand the ins and outs of this, and we are ever, ever aware that we're a half a word away from being fired. We're a mispronunciation away from being fired. And we've got Eat, Drink, Smoke, which is on over 60 stations. Man, oh man, you got to be aware of what you're saying. So somebody used an expression that, according to them, was offensive because it would be utilized as a slur against Japanese people. And that was the first I had ever heard of it. In my life, because the expression has to do with when it's cold out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's, it's like the Grateful Dead song. As I was walking around Grosvenor Square, not a chill to the wind, but a nip to the air. Yes. That, that, that nip to the air means it's cold. In my entire growing up, that's all I ever thought it meant. It's cold. And then someone explained, not this idea of you're actually engaged in a slur against people who are Japanese, which, or is it Chinese? And I'm like, I don't think that's it. You'd have, I think that's what you'd be stretching and some people stretch. Someone said, oh, no, 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 no. That's not where the expression comes from. And I said, oh, really? The expression comes from when it's cold and certain parts of a female body um, become a bit pronounced. Yes. I swear to you, I had never heard that in my life. It never dawned on me. Oh, well, we'll have a discussion off the air, and I'll explain uh, all the... Do you think everybody understands what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I think so. I, and I was like, wait, that's where it comes from? When you use, like, the more playful expression of a nip to the air, like, that's, then that's the lyric from The Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't believe my ears. And to think that there's this word that I, I'm, I'm now afraid to use on air for the sake of all our stations, I find this is like the crazy that we're in, that somehow everybody's got this really radicalized take to what a word can mean except in the in the case of these ESPN guys these radio guys out of Boston it was clear that they were trying to make some kind of double entendre type joke and it backfired and that's why you don't make them you just do good radio it's all you got to do i'm feeling really uncomfortable about this whole conversation right it's crazy i, I i'm sorry all this from cheese curds yeah I was gonna, did you see number four on the list, Tony? <laughs> it's the Chick-fil-A kale crunch salad. I don't what? want. I don't want kale. I that to me that does sound like uh, it's a unique side, but it also sounds terrible. You like I, kale? I didn't know that Chick-fil-A had this, and and honestly, unless 
Uh, the kale uh, salad includes waffle fries. That's just wrong. Right. I, I will say this. I, I've always wanted to visit Sonic, and I just have never done it. I just have never been in a situation where Sonic's been near me when I've been hungry. They've got barbecue chip seasoned tots. Yeah. I'm all in. Wonderful. I am all in to try that. That sound, barbecue chip seasoned tots sounds absolutely wonderful until you get to Jack in the Box and you realize they have egg rolls. Yeah. How? <laughs> and what, what are you pairing that with? Give me a triple cheeseburger and some egg rolls on the side. I don't. Oh, I can eat an egg roll at all times. I, had, I, I have a friend who wanted to open a, an egg roll restaurant. Anything you want in an egg roll. Mac and cheese in an egg roll. Peanut butter and jelly in an egg roll. It's, Name it in an egg roll. It's an awesome idea. Right? Steak in an egg roll is nothing more than beef wellington. Yeah. Except if you tell that to a chef and they beat you. Senseless. What about fried okra in an mm. egg roll? Man, you have to have grown up with okra to be able to eat okra. That has to be in you, in, in you and in your soul from a young age. Hoo-wee. Think we still have a show after this? I feel like we have been picking on California a lot lately here at Eat, Drink, Smoke. And I don't like to do it. I love California. My internal theme song is California Dreamin', Tony. But you see these things that are proposed by state legislators in California. You think to yourself... What is going on? It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Fingers Malloy. He's Tony Katz. And Tony, there's a bill being introduced in California that could ban the sale, and this may actually make you happy, of Skittles. Outside of the Tootsie Roll, (laughs) nothing is worse than a Skittle because Skittles are false advertising. Because you grab a handful of Skittles thinking they're M&M's. You're like, oh, this is going to be delicious. And then you get that fruit garbage nonsense going on. And you're like, damn you straight to hell. But nothing is worse than a Tootsie Roll. So a proposed California bill could ban the sale of Skittles, hot tamales candy. Big fan of hot tamales candy. Do you like the hot tamales candy at least? No. But, but I just don't. That's not my flavor. You don't like hot cinnamon. Not a fan. I want it in my, I want it in my bourbon. I want it in my rye. I want it, you know, um, uh, on a Cinnabon. That's okay. how I want my hot cinnamon. So Skittles, hot tamales candy, double bubble twist gum, and other food items containing chemicals that this legislation's supporters say are toxic and dangerous. Toxic and dangerous, Tony. Toxic how? They say that uh, it's selling and distributing foods that contain red dye number three, titanium dioxide, potassium bromate, and uh, bromated vegetable oil. Apparently oh, okay. that's all. Then, all right, they win. They win. <laughs> but you don't ban it. I, it. Why is the answer that they have to stop you from having it? Why isn't the answer, you know what's in it? Best of luck. Yeah. I have, uh, you know, I read this and I thought to myself, I've always dreamt of a day when I could walk down the sidewalks of San Francisco and not have to worry about Skittles being anywhere near me. <laughs> are, are we that, kidding? That, that's a poop on the ground uh, joke right there, people. Are we uh, kidding? I. So this is a good moment to bring up the idea of banning because this was the week where in, in uh, Congress, the U.S., uh, in, the, in, the, in the House of Representatives, the Commerce Committee had the hearing about TikTok. Mm. and heard from the TikTok CEO 
And you started hearing about exactly how ugly some of these things are with the, the algorithms. And there's a conversation about whether or not TikTok should be banned in the United States. The argument, of course, is that TikTok is owned by a company called ByteDance, B-Y-T-E, ByteDance. ByteDance is a Chinese company, which means, de facto, it is part of the Communist Chinese Party. There is no company in China, not a one, that is not associated with the Communist Chinese Party because everything is. Communism, as defined, is a the state control of the means of production. That's what it is. So when the CEO of, of TikTok says, we are not owned by the Chinese government, that's not true. And it is known to everybody that he lied in front of Congress. But the question is, should there be a ban on a social media platform? The argument in favor of the ban is, you serve things to kids. Think about who's using TikTok. Based on an algorithm that the Communist Party controls, so the messaging that these kids get is not a messaging you may want kids to get. Then there's the idea of how they utilize the algorithm to get data from phones and from others. Keystrokes, patterns, positioning, how they utilize data from multiple phones to gain other intel, how they're able to utilize being in the phone to access other possible data, real dangerous stuff going on out there. The other side of this coin is the idea that we're not in the business of banning things, but that would be true of American things. That isn't necessarily true of things run by a government that has stated in its, in its mission the idea of China 2025, the idea of what they call Belt and Road, the Belt and Road Initiative, and their desires for control, the investments fingers that they, you know this better than anybody, the investments they're putting into African nations, the investments they're putting into South American nations uh, on, on making sure they can engage food supplies so they don't have to buy from the United States. And it's not investments. It's the literal buying of land to control land. Grand Forks, North Dakota just voted against a grain mill that's owned by a Chinese company because it would be located right next to Grand Forks Air Force Base. And they said, no, we don't want it. There's a massive fight going on. I believe it's in Michigan. Big Rapids, Michigan is having a fight about a Chinese battery plant. And they're saying, we absolutely don't want this. We can't have Chinese companies engaged here being able to then utilize that as a place for spying. And for anybody who thinks I'm being against people who are Chinese, that's not it. I am absolutely against the Chinese Communist Party. So I don't, I don't favor the idea of government saying or the state of California saying you shouldn't be able to have a Skittle. No, mom should decide whether or yeah. not the kid can have a Skittle. I have a soft spot for people who are against banning things, whether it's Skittles or hot tamales or you know social media platforms. But you hear about how maybe the algorithms are being manipulated in a way where uh, content is being filtered to 13, 14-year-olds that it shouldn't be filtered to them. And I think to myself, if you are in the we should ban this social media platform camp, you really need to do, you need to go over the top in ways 
to explaining to the American people why it should be banned. You have, you know this, Tony, you're a content provider. I'm a content provider. A lot of our friends are content providers. They may be not playing in the TikTok uh, field, but they are content providers. People have focused a lot of time and energy building up a TikTok following, and their business model, a, a lot of it is is it revolves around TikTok. And if you're not coming up with a good explanation as to why you're banning this, not just, oh, the Chinese communists uh, own this, you need to get in-depth if you are of the we should ban it camp and explain this is what's happening. This is why we're we're going to ban it. And I'm not seeing a lot of that. I'm just seeing a lot of, well, the Chinese uh, communists own this platform that we should ban it. Yeah, it, it, it does get difficult because we are talking about a multi-billion dollar industry. People make real livings on TikTok. It might be silly, dumb dances. And you might be like, this doesn't make any sense. But they make a living. And so when you're talking about banning TikTok, you're talking about taking their living away. Yeah. And that does, that does not come as a light conversation. The more I hear, the more I believe that there is a national security issue that trumps all. Yeah. And I don't come to that lightly in the slightest. And there are some people who say, well, what if you made TikTok sell to an American company. You made them sell, which is a whole different conversation for a different day. Well, I actually favor that. There are some who will tell you, but you're dealing with the same algorithm and you can't guarantee that the Chinese don't have other backdoors in, so the Communist Party, I should say. So therefore, no, you just can't have it. Well, I mean, just look at what's happening with Twitter right now. Every time Elon Musk thinks that he's got everything solved as far as how Twitter was being run and the code and things like that, other things pop up. You just don't know if the Chinese communists, even if the, the platform is sold to another company, still won't have ways of, of manipulating TikTok and getting information. So we do agree nobody should ever eat Skittles. Thank I, you, Fingers Boy. <laughs> I, I love hot tamales. The P.O. Resurrection Cigar. Wor- worth having, if you love that Mexican San Andreas, it was a nice smoke all the way through. The Stellum, S-T-E-L-L-U-M, the Stellum Rye at 116 proof, in the liquor cabinet right now. My gosh, that was good. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com, eatdrinksmokeshow.com, and don't forget our book, Let's Go Bourbon. Available at Amazon.com. Go buy that today. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat Drink Smoke, on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Eat Drink Smoke, and Instagram at Eat Drink Smoke Podcast.